Welcome to That Fangirl Life, the online platform that champions female fans. I'm your host and founder, Laurel, and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Sophie, or as you might know her online as All The Love Soph. Sophie is known mostly on TikTok for sharing updates and theories on the One Direction boys with her 121,000 followers. Listen as we discuss how Sophie only entered the 1D fandom during the pandemic, why she stopped talking about Larry online, the highs and lows of being a well-known fan within the fandom, as well as if we think Harry has finally dropped a single today. Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of That Fangirl Life. This week I am joined by Sophie, or as you guys might know her online as All The Love Soph. Um, Hello Sophie, do you prefer being called Sophie or Soph first of all? Honestly, I don't mind. I'm happy either. <laughs> Do you want to give a little intro to who you are, um, like where you're from, all of that kind of stuff? Yeah, sure. So as you've already said, give me a little bit of an introduction already. My name is Sophie, also known as All The Love Sophie on TikTok mainly, but literally everywhere else. Um, I'm an A-level student currently studying psychology, sociology and English literature, and I'm going to take on psychology at university next year. Um, I work part-time as a barista and kind of part-time on TikTok, except you don't get paid, but the hours I put into it should get paid for it, basically. I start every episode with the same question, and that is, what does the word fangirl mean to you? What kind of things when someone says, oh, they're a fangirl, or oh God, she's another fangirl, what kind of like images does it conjure up for you? Uh, The word fangirl means to me is being part of a powerful community. It's just a place people can go to share their love for one particular thing. And I think people have these conceptions about what a fangirl is, that these, they're crazy, they're hysterical, they think they're going to marry Harry Styles. And I mean, I don't think we've all written that off, like it's (laughs) it's open, but you know, we're not all like that. I think people severely underestimate the power of a fangirl and it's a community that I'm genuinely proud to be a part of. The influence we have on pop culture is incredible. The way that it's changed, and I think especially like during the pandemic, it seems mm. to have become more prevalent in everybody's, um, even like people that aren't really fangirls in their like word vocabulary of what it is yeah. and how important it actually is like I've even had friends say to me that aren't like my like One Direction or like Harry Styles friends being mm. like I didn't realize that it's just more than you going to like their concerts and like being like listen to their songs and like watch the music videos all the time definitely not that um it's a whole lot more um yeah. what we'll do though first of all is we'll kind of bring it back to your kind of like beginnings of like how did you first discover One Direction? Well, I was, it's actually kind of embarrassing to admit now, but I was one of those girls who was determined to not be like everybody else. And I hated One Direction when at first. Well, I didn't. I acted like I did, but in private, I can remember things. And I'm like, you were clearly in denial. Like I used to think that Zayn had written half a heart about me. Bear in <laughs> mind, I was quite young when One Direction were in there. I was going to say, you yeah. <laughs> Probably like eight, nine? Uh, probably around that. Yeah, I was in primary yeah. school. I remember like having my iPod in the car on the way home and being like, he definitely wrote this one about me. I just get a grip clearly. Like my dad bought me a One Direction lunchbox and it never left the cupboard downstairs. I was just embarrassed that I owned it. 
Um, but I was secretly a Louis girl, I must say, in private. Um, and very against Harry, which has changed, obviously. Um, hated his long hair. Uh, which is the best era so again in denial clearly but then I rediscovered them at the start of lockdown came to my senses and that's how this all started I feel like a lot of people that happened to them with like lockdown yeah. and obviously there's been loads of like different things about like studies in regards to lockdown people going back to like almost like a regression yeah. uh, being like a teenager especially like for like old people who like for me I work full-time so I wasn't leaving my house to go to an office or to like yeah. school and stuff so I was like confined to my bedroom because I used to house share so it was literally like my bedroom 24-7 like oh, this, is, this is all I've really got to do so it was almost like being a teenager again and you go back to things that brought you joy back then and I don't know about you but my Spotify listening hours shot up um, <laughs> unhealthy to ridiculous amounts it's interesting as well that you said like lockdown it kind of brought it all background circle yeah. was there a moment that you kind of realized then that okay this is kick-started again and this might be a little bit more than what it was before yeah I think when I rediscovered it I found the feeling really hard to explain but it just felt right I felt like I'd found something that I was meant to be a part of and I think I realized that this was a bit more for me when I took it so seriously I made things like spreadsheets to make sure I listened to all of their songs all of their covers because I was so determined that this was something I wanted to be a part of it just felt so welcoming as a fandom and I was just definitely like this I want to join in on this um I it got to the point where it was the only thing in lockdown that genuinely brought me happiness I remember there were things like 24-hour streaming parties that fans used to run and I loved them people would live tweet during it I would find out stuff about songs like why fans find this song sad and it was it was amazing like I used to throw myself little this is really sad <laughs> I used to throw myself little like watch parties for stuff that I hadn't seen like this is us or the San Siro concert and just yeah. make it a bit of an event for myself it was just something to do I in a way I'm a bit jealous I like lived through it all and at the time you just like you take it all in and you don't really like to be fair like Instagram was around at that time and like Twitter and stuff but I didn't use it in the way that I would use it now at all so it kind of didn't feel like I've got anything to almost bring those memories back and it's almost like okay I can kind of remember where I was when I heard that what I felt like but I don't have those like core memories like what I do now in regards to like things like now when fine line came out I sat and I wrote notes on my phone like about the first time like what I felt like and ranked them like all out of 10 and now when I go back and look at it I'm like what are you thinking like I ranked to be so lonely so low and now I'm like I'm like why did you do that and it's like interesting as well to then have it and go back as a fan yeah. and be like okay well this is how like things have like changed and stuff like that yes I'm a little bit jealous that you kind of like have almost got it all like online for you to like remember what made you decide to start your TikTok account I think it was a mixture of boredom 
um, loneliness. I didn't really have, I had so many theories in my head and so much that I wanted to say, because I think that's quite natural when you find something new that you're really excited about it. Um, but my parents were just sick to death of hearing what, like hearing what I was talking about constantly. I needed someone to tell it to. So I just thought, even if one person, because I started out with song analysis and things like that, if just one person listened to my analysis or agreed or added something in, that would be enough for me. And I would stop annoying everyone around me. It really, that was all it started with. And obviously now I post completely different content, but it just blossomed from that, I guess. Um, how did you go about deciding, like, okay, I want to, like, talk about the songs, first of all, and then going into um, other areas. I don't know if you want to talk about, I did, we did get a question sent in about discussing Larry theories and stuff like that. We have mentioned it before, but I don't know if you want to, if you're happy. I don't mind. Yeah. I, don't I, don't <laughs> I think it's natural because that's how I started, sort of, so yeah. I don't. I've accepted that. Like people are probably going to ask. <laughs> I think the song analysis they were to do with that kind of thing because that's where it all started. It was okay. He's written this about Louis in this way, and that was that was how I started the analysis things. Um, I got into that side of the fandom in lockdown. I don't know how I had that much spare time to think of all these theories and analysis that I had. But that, it was out of boredom. Again, I just fell down the rabbit hole and then didn't get out of it for a very long time. <laughs> um, I feel like everyone has that point, though, when they're part of the fandom, where I remember I got sucked into, like, a YouTube video and ended up spiralling down the hole and then being like, hold on one second, this, this could be a thing. And mm. then I think probably about, like, a month later, I was like, oh, you, like, hmm... I don't really think it is a thing now as much as what people think it is but as well I think I get a lot of hate when I say this I think a lot of American fans take it way too far on their in-depth analysis in regards to what it is and don't understand British lad friendship culture in a way yeah which I think is what it was back then don't get me wrong if five lads trapped in hotel rooms by themselves as we found out from listening to Liam do the podcast with Stephen Bartlett I don't know you hear things about people like football tours and rugby tours yeah. and stuff like that like you don't know and but I do think now like the whole like Eleanor is like a beard like all of this like wrong with this? <laughs> this PR relationships we mm. get all of that but I just think fans take it end up taking it one step too far sometimes. I have side. nothing against people who believe in it. I personally don't anymore. Yeah. Um, but I think I've always said that you can believe stuff as much as you want, as long as you're respectful in the way that you go about it. If you want to believe it, fine. If it makes you happy, fine. You can post about it, but don't get to the point where it's invasive on their lives because that's not bringing them happiness. So it's supposed yeah. to be people that you love, so treat them with respect. But yeah, it's a um, very like a difficult subject to navigate. But I agree with you that like people, if people want to believe in it and fully heartedly believe in it, I'm like, okay, yeah. you carry on doing that. That's great, but don't force it down my throat as such. If I disagree, as well, yeah. I find some people are like, but no, look at this, and I'm like, guys, like, 
I'm just quite happy to be here listening to music yeah I take a step back from just relationships in general like I'm not going to analyze things because I wanted to be a fan from the perspective of I'm just a music fan or I'm just you know a fan of them and their personal relationship I'm not going to crop like a girlfriend out of a picture if I'm talking about like a picture that came out I'm not going to be that petty about it but I just I'm not going to dig deep into their personal relationship I just want to be a fan of them I just want it to be natural back to its basis and not this conflict because it is really hard to navigate as you said because with something like Larry it's not necessarily one there's two sides to it and one isn't a massive minority so you're gonna upset people either way you go which is why I'm always so scared to talk about it because it's natural again as I said for people to ask about it but they're probably not gonna like what I say but it's fine (laughs) I feel like if we're to like go off the back of that I know we're like jumping around with the questions that I sent over but how do you deal with the negativity that sometimes comes along with that if someone doesn't agree with what you've said or posted? It's always been something that I've struggled with definitely I think I found it really hard because I'd never dealt with anything like that before and no one around me had dealt with it either and even explaining the scale to them because I'm lucky enough that I don't get that much hate I mean I got more when I used to post about these in-depth theories because you know sometimes I maybe took it a bit too far um but I couldn't ask my parents you know how do I deal with this comment because they'll be like well it's just one comment but it can just be one comment that has an effect on you um I also found building this barrier I didn't do it on purpose but I found that it actually helped once I built it between what I posted online and my personal life because then if people said that they didn't like me I could be like well they don't know me as a defense mechanism because before if they people said that they didn't like me I'd then try and work out what it was they didn't like so I could change it but the bottom line is it might not just be one thing they might not just they just don't like you and that's okay I just found that really hard to accept that some people just don't like you Um, but I'm getting there I think it's still difficult but I'm getting there (laughs) it opens your eyes to see obviously it's not the scale that they get it but it opens your eyes to when you're doing these kind of like in-depth things about them and their music it opened your eyes to see like okay this is why they aren't on social media sometimes in the way that they used to be but yeah it's a very good way to like be and I always try and take it a step back of well they're only seeing like a tiny little snippet of who I am like there's so much more other layers that nobody really knows only you know your full self and even then you don't really know your full self do you find it difficult being well known within the fandom I mean the fact that that's even a phrase people would associate with me I find strange to begin with because I there was this period of time at the beginning of me joining the fandom where I was looking in from an outside perspective I wasn't actively posting and I had these well-known creators that I idolized and were like I want to be like them so that is just weird to me for a start I find the one of the difficult things about it is being more like under more scrutiny I think if I posted something it would be judged more than if someone else posted it with maybe a slightly smaller following because it makes sense because there are more eyes on you I do find that kind of pressure quite difficult because I'm human I'm gonna make mistakes so you know I'll over read everything that I post just to make sure that I'm not going to upset anyone that's the only thing that I find difficult everything else 
the positives of it completely outweigh the negatives. It's just, I really enjoy the fandom a lot. That kind of like leads me on like nicely. Would you ever like to go back and not have really like a big following? I don't think so. One of my favourite things is interacting with comments because the people in this fandom are genuinely some of the smartest people and hearing what they have to say and interacting with that is my favourite thing. And you wouldn't, it's going back to that community idea that I said with Fangirl, it is just that community that I wouldn't have if I didn't have a following like I do. Leading on really from all of that, how do you come up with your content as such? Obviously at the moment you're doing Louis tour kind of like summaries yeah um how do you find juggling it all because when Harry was touring the US I thought I did a whim being like oh yeah let's just summarize what happens in one show and then was like okay I'm gonna do every show because I feel like I'm missing out because I don't know when tour is and then I was like going back into the office one day a week kind of life started returning to normal here and I was like I don't know how to cope and juggle it all and do it all and still make it like high quality content as such. Mm -hmm. How do you juggle it all? The Harry Love on Tour videos when I used to update after every single show, that's probably the most I've ever worked on something in my life. I was getting up, because obviously I was going to school every single day of the week, um, well, every five days. Um, so I was getting up at like 6, 10, 6, 20, filming for 40 minutes, sorting everything out, then getting up and going to school, which every single morning, so what, like however many weeks tour was, it was quite the um, commitment, which is why I've now had to, I've juggled it. And I, for the Louis tour, I'm just doing weekly roundups where I go through like the four or five shows from that week. So I just, I listen to myself and if something's becoming too much, I cut it off and I work out something else because the most important thing is my mental health and at the moment my A-levels and I can't be especially when Harry goes on tour as well I can't be posting for every single show for both of them I think I'd quite literally go insane um but it's just I because of the pandemic I've never had to deal with it before so it's something that I'm learning now and I'm probably not doing very good at we'll see what my next grades reveal whether I'm actually doing well at it or not uh but I'm trying it's um it's difficult as well because like I really enjoy like making the content but also Mm. I have times when I'm like oh dear god like do I really have to do like do this because I would rather like go see my friends or spend some more time like I don't know like reading a book or just doing like nothing or having an extra 20 minutes in bed um but then when I get around to doing it and seeing the feedback I'm like okay like this is great like I'm really enjoying it like let's do the next one do you ever think there'll come a point when you're just like no more like I'm done like making it I just want to enjoy the fandom for what it is and not be posting about it all the time when I first started I had about when people would ask like my friends would be like so how long are you really going to do this for um I'd say about a year and now it's been nearly two so obviously I have not stuck to that um I think I'll stop when I see a natural end and when I'm no longer enjoying it and I'm still enjoying it currently even though it can be a lot of work um I think it's also to keep yourself into it because you know doing something for two years you're probably going to lose interest at some point is adapting 
to your own changes. Like I used to post about every single little thing that they did at the beginning. Like if either of them breathed, any of the boys in the band breathed, I'd be like, right, TikTok, let's upload that one. But now I ask myself genuinely in my head, if I see an update, I'm like, do I want to post about this? Do I have something to say? And if the answer is yes, then I'll post it. If the answer is no, I'll move on and not put pressure on myself. Um, so, you know, following what you think is right for yourself, I think will keep it going longer and I will cut it off when I don't enjoy it, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. I think my content when I go to uni, I'll just adapt with that and maybe make uni related stuff on top of the fandom stuff and just see how that changes. How do you decide, like you said, like, is this worth talking about? So say I sometimes find that Harry always likes to move when I'm about to like go on a really important work call or go do something like the other day I was about to get in the shower and the pleasing stuff started going. How do you be like, okay, this has happened. Say if you're out with your friends and you're like, I want to post about this. Are you like, excuse, like, I'm just going to go film something or are you just like, okay, I'm going to like miss this one out as such? It depends. If it's a really big thing, like, I don't know, he dropped HS3 and I was out with my friends. I'd leave my friends to go find somewhere quiet and say something at least. And then maybe when I get home, make like a proper video on it. Um, But if it was something small, I don't think I would leave my friends. It really depends on the situation and what it is. Um, Before, at the beginning of my account, I would avoid I mean, there wasn't much you could do anyway at the time, but I would avoid going out with friends because I was genuinely so on edge of any of them doing anything and missing it because I just thought I had in my head if I missed anything or didn't post anything, people would forget about me and that would be it, Um, which probably not a healthy thought to have. But now it's just judging what I think is appropriate for that time. And if I can't post about it, that's it. I just can't post about it. Um, I got good at doing them secretly definitely like if there's ever a video of mine that's posted with just a sound and not me speaking I'm usually with people and they have no idea that I have just filmed that I've just I've gotten very good at that I'll sometimes use my friends I'll be like I just filmed a TikTok did you notice <laughs> and they will just be like I had no idea so talented in that aspect <laughs> now how much time do you spend filming and editing TikToks a week would you say I think well my content's so dependent on content provided by any of the One Direction boys or Taylor Swift or whoever I want to post about. So it does depend on the week, but I'd say in a day, I'd spend about an hour on TikTok at the moment, obviously juggling exams and everything. And if something happens during that hour in the day, I will edit and film. And if not, I'll just be scrolling, answering comments. So not that much at the moment, but during the early stages of my account, probably the majority of the day I'd be spending on TikTok. I'm like backtracking a little bit. What do your friends think about you having the account and your family? Uh, Initially, my family were very supportive from the beginning, actually. Um, Obviously, it took a bit for them to understand and grasp what it actually was was, that I was doing. And I kept it a secret from them for a while as well. Uh, But my friends, they were sceptical at the beginning, um, which I understand because it is, if you don't, if you're not in a fandom, it's hard to understand, well, why would you spend that much time posting or talking about something like, why do you love that person that much? But they have come to grasp it and they're really supportive now. Like I love when they send me things like, 
Harry Styles TikToks, even if I've seen them weeks before, because I probably have, it's still so sweet that they've seen that and thought Sophie would like that and they'll send it. Or they'll play a One Direction song when I'm with them, like make direct eye contact with me on the first note plays. And they're like, I did this for you. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> but I think initially when people find out about my account, it's all they talk to me about for like the next week. And then they slowly forget about it and it just becomes normal. And then they stop talking to me about it. And that's the end of that really. What do you think are the best and worst things about being in, let's do general first, being in a fandom. Okay. And then we're going to, we're going to narrow it down. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say we'll start with worst and then we'll build up to the best <laughs> things. Um, worst I'd say is the stigma in general that comes along with being a fangirl people expect it to be your only personality trait which I think can become really tiresome it can be all people talk to me about and I'm like I I do have more to me than just that I'm not embarrassed to be known by that but you know please talk to me about something else um so yeah definitely the stigma in general and then the best things about being a fangirl in general um is being in that community I keep going back to it but it just it's such an amazing thing to be a part of with that many people who understand you on a level that so many people in your own life don't understand you on so it's really refreshing to have somewhere you can go that you can say something and not feel like people are gonna think you're weird for it or think you're crazy because they understand they speak the same language as you and now we're gonna get really Mm nitty-gritty Being part of the One Direction and their solo career fandom, because I feel like this is a completely different, from what I've experienced being in different, like, other fandoms, this is, like, intense like, yeah. fandom to be part of. Um, what do you think is the best and worst things about being part of it? I'll do the worst things again first. Um because overall there are more positives I'd say otherwise I wouldn't still be doing it uh I think people have especially in this fandom very strong opinions and if anyone goes against the opinion they hold people are straight on the attack and I can find I find that's really difficult because you can't please everyone so there's always going to be people that you're going to upset but it's just you hope that they would go about it in a respectful way and be like I don't agree with you and that's fine and move on but in this fandom, that's not usually what it's like. Not for everyone. Some people, most people are respectful. Um, and being on edge all the time. Because in this fandom, things drop out of nowhere. Like, like you said, I'm always doing something else. I'll be doing nothing for the whole day and I'll do something in the evening. And they're like, right, now I'm going to upload a new song. Now I'm going to release a brand new collection that you've never heard of before. And I just, I can't do anything about it. And then the best things, which are... The most prevalent for me uh, is the people that I've met through the fandom. This fandom has definitely built some of the strongest friendships that I've had, even, you know, with people I've met in my real life. Some people that I've met online, I call closer friends. Um, I I go to concerts with them. Obviously, it's good to be safe online because you are talking to strangers initially. But even you know, behind me right now, I've got pictures of my friends on the wall that I met at concerts. Uh, or met up with at concerts and spoken to before it's just the loveliest group of people um and then it's finding something that's made me so incredibly happy being a part of this that I think is specific to the One Direction fandom because I've never found this elsewhere I've been a part of fandoms before never to this level 
but a little bit and it's never felt like this and I've never enjoyed it as much as I enjoy this kind of like leads me on kind of like nicely when you were saying about like you've met friends at like concerts because of being part of the fandom um someone sent this in they said tips for making friends online within the fandom obviously be safe because as I have already mentioned you are talking to strangers uh but the great thing about it is you already have something in common so lead with that that can be the most difficult thing with making friends just in your everyday life you have no idea what they enjoy but you already know something that they love and you also love it so you can start a conversation on that you can share you know oh, I went to this concert last year did you or like what concert did you go to um I would say wait a couple of months and make sure you know that they are real safe genuine people before you go and meet up with them because there is always a risk with that maybe take someone with you the first time you do it depending on how old you are um I know because I was 16 at the time the first time that I met one of my online friends my mum came with me just to make sure everything was okay uh, which I think is the safest way to go about it but at the end of the day it will be natural it will be fun because the fandom is just full of lovely people I'm kind of like going down the advice route now um, this was another question sent in. Um, what advice or like tips would you give someone to explain if they're trying to explain to their like family or friends that being a fangirl isn't being crazy? I hate using the word like crazy. Um, yeah, but it's terrible. yeah, um, but so much more than that. I think being a fangirl is what you make it. The most important thing is to not let other people define that for you. And if they call you crazy, so what? At least you're passionate about something. So many people can't say that they are so passionate about this one specific thing. It's such a special thing to have. Don't let anyone take that away from you. Keep that, keep it safe and make it whatever you want it to be. We're kind of gonna like delve a little bit more now into kind of like the music who like kind of like the typical fangirl questions that you get asked yeah. on a daily um so we'll do like one direction so if you had to pick at when you first started listening to one direction who would you say was your favorite then do you mean the first when I didn't like them at the beginning <laughs> or now yeah we'll go we'll go with when you when you didn't like them but you did like them <laughs> Um, I probably listened to Louis. I like Louis the most, I think. And what about now? Would who would you say would be your favorite out of them? I definitely listen to Harry now. I think there's such a stigma about choosing like a favorite, but it's natural. There's five different people who make quite different styles and genres of music, but you know, he's definitely my style of music to a T. Your favorite One Direction album? Four. Definitely for always has been your worst one or the one that you sorry people don't like it when I call it the worst the one that you listen to the least see it used to be up all night but I had this absolute up all night phase recently and it was all I listened to for a good couple of months oh, that's so difficult this is a horrible question um <laughs> at the moment I think the one I listen to least is probably take me home but even then there's such good songs on Take Me Home. Yeah, I'll go with that one. Okay. We'll go into, well, do you want to do Harry or Louis first? Harry. Okay. Your favourite song of his? Uh, Sweet Creature. And your song that you would skip? Oh, God. <laughs> um, 
I'm gonna get so much hate for this probably from the dining table no I, I agree with you on that one your which album do you prefer hs1 I think production wise fine line is a better album but there's just something about hs1 maybe it's like nostalgia even though I didn't listen to it when it first came out but it just feels I don't know it's just I prefer the vibe of the songs on HS1 what is your favorite Harry era long-haired Harry okay so I've changed from when I hated that hair when I was younger definitely come a long way (laughs) and then finally for like Harry your favorite music video of his golden definitely because I was in the fandom at the time it's one of the only music videos that I've been here for the filming and I remember people call it like a core memory probably a weird core memory to have but I was sat on the toilet and a video of him filming Golden came out but it wasn't the first one but it was the first you could hear Golden in the background so we 100% knew that it was Golden and Golden was my favorite song off Fine Line and I just started sobbing on the toilet like what a sight that would have been (laughs) and then I was like right out the toilet we need to film a video straight away it was just so exciting I love that excitement of just watching it all develop and then getting the final product um I've kind of got another question off the back of that um because obviously everyone's like on tenterhooks at the moment and I'm hoping that the day that this episode goes live is the day that I think we're getting the first single from him Oh, what I've from my research. So, World Sleep Day is on the 18th of March. Yeah, we had, yeah, and we had uh, Lights Up came out on Coming Out Day. Coming Out Day, I don't know if that, I don't know if that's the right term for the day. National Coming Out Day, yeah. So, he generally does things on weird Mm. days like that, and it just Feels a bit stranger. It also falls on a Friday and he was in a bed. Like, and we have the pleasing launch on the same day. That's a lot of publicity. Well, isn't that, that the, launch? the pleasing launch is on the 15th, which is like uh, three days before. Perfect timing then. Yeah. All eyes will be on him. Kind of like falls into place. What movie are you most excited for? My Policeman. Um, I was obsessed with the book when it came out. I wrote my entire English coursework. I managed to compare Pride and Prejudice, like a classic novel, to My Policeman, which is described as like bisexual erotic fiction on Amazon. Whole coursework on the two of them. So I've gone into the depths of My Policeman. So I'm definitely the most excited for that one. I'm excited for Don't Worry Darling because I prefer, I prefer a thriller, like dark. Yeah. Like, murder, sign me up. I'm like, can't wait. It's really weird seeing him, because he's obviously such a lovely person, seeing him acting as a genuine, I mean, I'm guessing Yeah, I'm also worried about, like, the sex scenes as well, like, how the fandom is going to react to, like... well. It's going to be, I think it's... Then we're going to do Louis as well, because I feel like... I feel like they're the only two really doing stuff at the moment. The other two have just, the other two, well, two slash three, oh my God, people are going to come for me. Your favourite song of Louis? Uh, Defenceless. And the song that you would skip? (laughs) I think, see, everyone always says Perfect Now, but I actually don't dislike Perfect Now. 
Um, oh God, I really don't know with Louise. There isn't a skip for me, really. Um, maybe Perfect Now. It, I'd like the song. Or no, Two of Us. I'd skip Two of Us because it is just too sad to listen to. Your favourite era of his? It's that, I find, I think his eras don't have quite as like specific names, but it was the one where he had, I think some people call it Hedgehog Louis, like the really curly, quite longish hair. That era, that was my favourite. And then your favourite music video of his? Walls. I think, because if you watch Walls, there's so many hidden meanings. Gone back to my roots here with my analysis. <laughs> there's so many <laughs> hidden meanings, but he's just so clever with how he does it kind of like nicely leads me on what would you say is your favorite TikTok video that you've filmed like the one that well, your favorite one and then the one that you're most proud of that maybe not done as well uh, my favorite one I've ever filmed probably it's the one I always go back to which is weird because it's my own video but um the one of me getting ready for Louis's concert because it, uh, the feeling I had that morning it was the first time I'd ever seen any one of them live and you can just see in my face that this, like, this is going to be the best day of your life and you don't even realise yet. I love going back to that video. Um, my favourite that I liked but didn't do very well. Um, see, I, I don't look at views that much. I know that's probably, I don't know, that's probably the whole point of TikTok is supposed to keep your views up. But to me, views is like engagement. If people are enjoying my videos, that's a really good thing for me. Um, I used to do I think with roundups if a roundup didn't do very well especially in Harry's tour I was always really proud of them because they took me a long time if they didn't do very well I'd be disappointed in that because just it took me so long have you started outfit planning for tour how many shows are you going to have each of them uh one of Louis and two of Harry have you started outfit planning for them no (laughs) (laughs) I'm really stressed about it I've been watching your videos of like the love on tour inspiration and I'm just trying to get something started up there. Just any idea. Who are you looking forward to seeing the most? I think Harry, because I have never seen him in concert before. I saw Louis at the Away From Home Festival. So obviously it will be amazing to see him again live. But I just think that feeling of seeing Harry in person for the first time, especially that close to me, I'm not sure I'm going to survive it. But I think the initial feeling will be amazing. We've kind of like nearly got to the end. There's only kind of like two questions left. Um, they're the same questions that I ask everybody. Um, what has being a fangirl taught you? It's taught me to worry less about what people think of me, 100%. Because I've learned through, if someone's going to be like, oh, she's a Harry Styles fan, she's weird. That now doesn't affect me anymore because what does their opinion matter? to you it doesn't change how you feel about that idol and then speaking of idols it's also given me someone to look up to and aspire to be like for example Harry's kindness is something I want to have and it's something that I always remember is really important to have and it's just added I think positive parts to my character and I think made me a better person um and then what has being a fangirl brought to your life I think the standout thing would be my friends. I'm not gonna name them because I will forget someone and then that would just be awful. But they are genuinely friends that I think I will have for the rest of my life, which is just such a blessing that you could get. I'm sure you can relate if you've met people 
online but it's just such a blessing that you've been able to find that through something like social media it's to my parents would never understand and other generations would never understand and it's something that's so special about being a fangirl I just it's been incredible to meet all of my friends and then the one last question it's kind of like a biggish one what's mm-hmm. what's well it's kind of like two what's next for all the love safe online <laughs> and what do you hope comes from it within like the next six months say I hope that I continue doing it above all. Um, I think I'll bring it to uni and see how uni adapts my content. Um, I definitely want to start, I talked about that barrier at the very beginning with my personal life. I have started to break that down a little bit and bring my personal life into things, but I'm not sure I'd ever 100% switch to personal content. Um, But the next six months, I think I'd like to continue growing my account um and just continue enjoying the content that I'm making maybe branch out into some different areas maybe HS3 will bring new areas for me to talk about the movies I'll become a little movie critic I'm sure come September just wherever the account takes me I think I'm gonna let it lead me almost thank you very much for spending your afternoon chatting to me it's been lovely to find out a little bit more about you about your account and your thoughts and feelings on being a fangirl thank you for having me no worries i hope it wasn't as scary as what like you once again a big thank you to sophie for joining me on this week's episode and thank you for listening as always links are in the description but if you are wanting some more fangirl content until the next episode check out our website thatfangirllife.com And join me next time when I'll be talking to social media content creator and TV and film journalist Jess Bacon, all about the Marvel fandom. Bye!